Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So folks, contrasts are everything. I keep saying this, right? Foils, right? A diamond always looks brighter on a really, really dark background. Well, let's contrast today the fake chaos of the Trump years, the fake chaos, with the real chaos of what's happening right now. Let's contrast BS rhetoric from the Biden administration versus what Trump actually did. And let's also contrast during the show today, coronavirus truth versus coronavirus hysteria. It's a busy agenda on Monday. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. I protect uh, my data with a VPN and my online activity. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Uh, Let's get right to it. I've also got a personal story I must share at the beginning of the show. I promise it'll be short. But it has deeply disturbed me, and I have not told Joe. He kind of knows already, um, but it's really in my mind. It's on my mind this morning. I feel like I have to share it with you in case I seem a little bit distracted, maybe. Joe's like, what's this? Stand easy. I promise I'll get to it. All right, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. At first glance, it seems all you need to do to surf the web privately is to turn on incognito or private mode on your browser, right? That's what we're, we're supposed to trust the big tech guys who created the browser with solutions to our online privacy? Probably not a good idea. It doesn't matter what browser mode you use or how often you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. They can even sell that data to advertisers. That's why I use ExpressVPN to keep my online data secure and private. ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP and third-party trackers can't see your online activity and location. It does that by rerouting your connection to a secure encrypted server. We love that. In fact, ExpressVPN protects all of your data, regardless of whether you're using incognito mode or not. ExpressVPN is you covered with easy-to-use apps for computers and mobile devices, so you can use the internet with confidence. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest, most trusted VPN on the market. That's why they're rated number one by CNET and Wired. Protect your online activity today with the VPN I trust to keep my activity private online. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get an extra three months free on a one-year package. It's expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more today. All right, Joe, let's go. Yes, a little Monday morning, a little allergies this morning, a little Monday morning. So that's a quick story before I dig right into it. Folks, I'm serious. I'm not messing around. Like, that what, you know, sometimes I joke around, sometimes I don't, but I had to kill a rat this morning. Very early, oh, like at 5 a.m. in the morning. And um, I've not told Joe. Uh, you may be laughing like geese, mm-hmm. like the audience would probably be astonished to find out that this has been on your mind. I do. I love animals. Like I really love animals. I don't know if you know this, but I was a vegetarian up until I was like 25 years old. I really love animals. And um, it really like is on my mind. I, I It was no way out of having to kill this rat. I'll leave the details. Uh, right. Some of you may be eating. But you know what I'm saying, Joe? There's no way like it had to, the suffering would have, mm-hmm. but I have to tell you, it's been on my mind all morning. I kept it humane. I made it fast, but um, there's nothing like waking up on a Monday at 5 a.m. and having to terminate the life of uh, one of God's creatures there. I, I It's bothering me. I, I, I'm uh, not being funny. Like I know this, I you know what I'm saying, it. Joe? Like I, I know this sounds dumb. Yeah, if you love animals or rats, yeah, or rat, yeah, it's an I animal. Just, but then again, you got to do an what animal. you got to do. Yeah. It, Joe, it doesn't know it's a rat. No. It's an animal. It's doing its thing. It doesn't thing. know it's like, a, it's like, I'm an animal. And Guy's like, I think the audience would laugh knowing that you, you know, Mr. Square Jaw, 220 pound guy, like this, it's been on my mind. Um, 
All right, yeah. sorry. Just wanted to throw that out All there. Right. So, I, it's been, but uh, I, I really, I, I had no other way out of it. So, in case I seem distracted. All right, let's get to the content today. Contrast, foils. Life is all about contrasts and foils, right? As I said, diamonds on black backgrounds always look brighter. I said it's President, Trump, President Trump's job right now, former President Trump, to create contrast. If he's going to run again in 2024, I believe he's going to. I have no inside baseball on that. I'm just telling you my personal opinion. He has to create a constant contrast with Joe Biden, the disaster that's happening around under the Biden administration every single day. Forget about this. Oh, we got to give the former, we got to give the president a honeymoon and let Biden do his thing for a while. Former presidents stay quiet. Yeah, you can throw that out the window. Former President Obama did everything he could to sabotage the incoming Trump administration, including accusing him of being a Russian traitor. So I'll take a hard pass. You can jam that one up your caboose, this whole, you know, former president's supposed to stay quiet nonsense. That's out. But the whole foil contrast thing works. I mean, think about it, right? Godzilla versus King Kong, the movie that's out this weekend, right? It did crazy numbers, and at least for this current uh, pandemic, people love contrast. They love versus. They love fights, right? Batman versus Superman, whatever it may be. So President Trump's taking my advice. You'll see it this Fox News story, which will be in my newsletter today, bongino.com/newsletter. If you'd like to get it, Trump says he'll probably visit the southern border soon in an exclusive interview with Fox News. Yes, yet. Yeah. The verdict is in. The gavel is down. Excellent decision, President Trump. Way to rock and roll. Go down there. Bring the media with you. Show you're not scared of anything. Bring them to the border wall you helped construct under your administration. That'd be a great idea. And you'll notice something, Joe. You know what's not happening at that border wall? Hmm. There's probably not a lot of illegal immigration there because there's a wall. Yeah. Wall, obstruction, walk. Wall. Can't walk through wall unless you're that rogue character from the X-Men. There's no going through the wall. I think it was rogue. Could be wrong. I'm terrible with pop culture. But wall obstruction. Can you climb a wall? Yes. But then you need a ladder, which causes kind of an obstruction and makes it harder. That's the whole idea of a wall. Walls, simple machines, inclined planes, wheels, fire. Yes, these may be old technologies but they still do the job. Contrasts. Show everyone in the media, former President Trump, everyone in the media what your border section looks like, where your wall was built, and bring the media with you. Showing transparency. You got the media. You're not scared. And showing that diamond on a black background, what your administration looked like with immigration policy and now the current chaos. Contrasts, always. Also, I can't recommend this highly enough. I'm going to get to a minute in the fake chaos of uh, the Trump administration versus the real chaos right now and how the media wanted you to create this contrast too in the other direction. They wanted to create a negative contrast. But I can't encourage President Trump to do this enough. Apparently, there was a wedding at Mar-a-Lago this weekend and the boss just pops in. He just pops in. I love this stuff. Extemporaneous President Trump is the best President Trump. He is. When he's not locked into a teleprompter and he's just talking, that's when he's at his best. So hat tip TMZ, who got a, a hold of this video. Here's President Trump this weekend at Mar-a-Lago. He just pops in a wedding. I don't know why he's in a tux. Maybe he was at another event. Who knows? But he just pops in and decides to give a little political speech. Here's about 30, 40 seconds of it. Again, 
creating a contrast about the crap Biden's doing now with China, Iran, and the border, and what he's doing. This is, yes, this is a wedding speech. <laughs> a wedding speech. He's not even like, I'd like to congratulate the groom. He's a really wonderful guy. He comes in and gives a speech. I love this. More of this Trump. Check this out. It's a humanitarian disaster from their standpoint, and it's going to destroy the country. And frankly, the country can't afford it because you're talking about massive, just incredibly massive amounts. Our school systems, our hospital systems, everything. So it's a rough thing. And I just say, do you miss me yet? Do you miss me? Do you miss me yet? Come on, this guy's great. I love that. Extemporaneous off-the-cuff Trump is the best Trump. We need more of that. Less kind of scripted interviews and more of that. I love that about him. All right. Now, again, the theme of today's show, contrast. Contrast foils all the time. This is what matters in politics. Things always seem, you can make things appear more dramatic sometimes by creating a foil. But sometimes you don't need to make anything appear more dramatic. The contrast is dramatic. Let's contrast again the fake immigration chaos of the Trump years. Fake because the media wanted a narrative out there. With the real chaos going on now. Remember this, the Daily Beast? Daily Beast ran this story pumping the the expertly crafted kids in cages narrative, which was fake chaos during the Trump years at the border. The kids in cages story was I have to give the Democrats credit, and it pains me to do this. But keep in mind, I'm not agreeing with them, but I'm saying, folks, candidly, they are just better than the Republicans at crafting narratives. What are narratives? They're quick, digestible sound bites people remember. Russian collusion, kids in cages. We still remember it now. This was an, I have it, an expertly crafted narrative. It was. People remember it now. Trump, kids in cages. That's right. Even though, even though, here's the headline from the Daily Beast, by the way, by Danica Fears. <laughs> Danica Fears. You couldn't have a better last name for this story. Danica Fears. Yes, yeah, so do we. We fear Danica. <laughs> Man who helped Trump put kids in cages is anonymous. Ladies and gentlemen, Trump didn't put kids in cages. Those cages were built by the Obama administration. But to this day, silly liberals who have a real Trump, real problem with facts and homework and stuff still believe it was Trump that put kids in cages. And even when the fake chaos of the Trump administration through kids in cages, oh my God, Trump's got kids in cages. Everybody's like, kids in cages? We got to stop the kids in cages. The cages were an Obama phenomenon. Even when this thing was debunked, they always had to put a caveat in it. Here's the Washington Post. When everybody found out the cages were actually built by Obama, this is Nick Miroff in the Washington Post. Quote, kids in cages? It's true that Obama built the cages at the border. That should be it. Oh, keep that title. That that should be it. That should stop right there. But no, no, there always has to be a caveat emptor, buyer beware. But Trump's zero tolerance immigration policy had no precedent. Again, this is a Democrat scandal. If it is a scandal at all, we have to... People have to be held in some facility if they come in the country illegally. We can't just let them all go. Obama built the cages. But notice how the Washington Post, even when they debunk it, has to put a little asterisk next to it, right? Creating their own contrast. Oh, yeah, Obama did the kids in cages. But Trump's zero tolerance policy had a lot to do with this, too. 
Everything's about contrast in the media. This is how they built the fake chaos of the Trump years, by narratives. Again, sick narratives, disturbing narratives, but crafted with incredible strategic brilliance. People still to this day swear that President Trump put the kids in the cages. This is fake. This was fake chaos in the Trump years. It wasn't real. People had to be detained as the Biden administration is finding that out now. I'll show you what they put them in in a minute. So they've taken down the cages, which is just a chain link fence, by the way, that Obama built. They've taken that down for something different. But before we get to that, notice how the GOP were not as good at crafting these narratives and creating these foils and these contrasts. But Trump is. Trump is very good about this. He zones right in when he sees weakness and he leverages it. He did it all the time. Everybody was little, little hands, Marco, little Mike. He was good at this, creating contrast, making himself, you know, puffing a bit, peacocking chest out, right? Like the guy from, uh, what is that, Couples Retreat? Yes, yes. Remember the yoga guy? Yes, pussy yes. puffing your chest. Yes. <laughs> Trump's good at this. The GOP, you know that guy, but, but the GOP is just not. Here's an opportunity right here. I want you to watch this short video. Two Republican senators down at the border. You want to see real chaos? Not the fake chaos the media wanted you to believe in the Trump years. Here's the real chaos of what's going on now that, again, the media is just kind of casually covering, but they're not making stuff up. They're not making up fake kids in cages lines. They're trying to minimize this now. What about the real chaos of the Obama years? Everybody does that, and I just did it. Oh, Biden. Under the Obama-Biden years, everyone does that in the media. It's like some verbal tick. What about this narrative? Where's the GOP on kids under bridges? Oh, my gosh. What does that mean? Well, uh, you don't have to just look for yourself. Here's these two GOP senators at the border. Check this out. So, so this uh, is no crisis at the border, right? This is. And look at this. Right. And this is just uh, folks coming across the border. Uh, unaccompanied. housing them under a bridge. Yes. And... Uh, we're down here uh, near midnight on uh, Thursday evening, and uh, I've not been here before. Have you been here? Uh? I was here two years ago, and it bears no resemblance. We were controlling the border. Now we're hearing the Border Patrol is spending more time helping these families while criminals are bringing drugs and illicit materials into the United States. They don't have the resources to stop the illegal flow because the administration is allowing this flow that we see behind us. So the same media, the Daily Beast and others in the Washington Post who had a huge problem with kids in cages that Obama built under the Trump administration don't seem to have any problem with kids under bridges. Kids, under, This is not a, a, a sitcom just bought out by Roku or Hulu. Um, this is real. Watch the video. Folks, please watch the video version of my show today. It's free. No cost to you. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Please watch that video. Not figuratively, there are literally kids under bridges locked in by snow fencing. But notice, we just don't see the kids under bridges narrative out there anyway. I wonder, I, I, I wonder why that is. I wonder, wonder why that is. Kids under bridges. Haven't, haven't heard that one yet. Kids under bridges. When you hear about people living under bridges, you typically think about the inhumanity of being homeless, right? You see people under bridges. There are only two types of people under bridges. People who are homeless and have nowhere else to go who are seeking shelter. Or in Florida, the poor motorcycle guys who always get caught on I-95 because it rains at 3 o'clock every day in Florida in the summer. That's really it. 
So when you hear about kids under bridges, you would think that would be some kind of a crisis. But no, 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 not at all. Because Joe Biden's in charge. So the media needs to kind of minimize that, you know, minimize. What about this video? This one, you've probably seen this already, but I'm going to cover a small portion of about 40 seconds of it. Here is Senator Ted Cruz from, yes, uh, Texas, one of the country's uh, largest states. He's in, you know, he represents a branch of government, the United States Senate for the state of Texas. Not a small state, not small, big state, big Texas. Um, You'd think that would carry some weight with these uh, government officials at the uh, at these facilities. But no, Senator Cruz walks in a government a government facility where people are locked up in plastic containers or I don't even know how to describe what this is. You have to watch for yourself. So Senator Cruz wants to film this, which you're entitled to see. It's our border. It's our country. You're entitled to see what's happening at our border. We run the United States. You know, that whole we the people thing that matters to me. Doesn't matter to liberals. They think they run your life. They're the anointed ones. So Senator Cruz takes out his camera and wants to film what's happening at our border. Keep in mind, this is a member of the United States Senate for one of the largest states and some intern or something. I don't even know if she's an intern or not decides it's a good idea. She works for the Biden administration to try to block Cruz from filming the immigrants now locked in plastic cages, which again, isn't a big story because it's Biden. Check this out. Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. So you worked for the commissioner, your senior advisor. You were hired two weeks ago and you're instructed to ask us to not have any pictures taken here. Please respect the people. Because the political leadership at DHS does not want the American people to know it. Please respect the rules, You keep standing in in front of the pictures so you don't want the the pictures taken. The rules are arbitrary and they're designed to keep the American people people in the dark. Dignity and respect. That's all we ask. Well, dignity no, it's and not. respect. You're asking, is this please, dignity and respect? Look at these people. There, there's a pandemic. Please give dignity and respect to the people. Let, let me ask, ask you. you. There, there's a I pandemic. I respectfully ask you, sir. There is a pandemic. Is this respecting the rights of these I kids? I ask you. Please respect Are you respecting the, the rights of these this kids? This is not a zoo, sir. Please don't treat the people. You're right. And this is a dangerous place. Please don't treat So just to be crystal clear, folks, they have a bunch of people locked up head to toe in plastic cage. I don't even know. Is there air transfer in there? I don't even know how that works. Like they're plastic cage. Like, see the thing about the reason you use things, Joe, this is going to be really a transformative moment for liberals who never think things through. Hmm. One of the reasons when you're trying to detain people to figure out who they are because they broke the law coming into the country. You know, we detain people who broke the law. I know there are liberals listening. This is very hard, but that's why we detain people. Okay. Because there's a legal immigration process. These people chose not to take that. So they have to be detained so we can figure out what they are and what their purpose for being at the border actually is. But the reason we detain people and you use either bars or chain link fence or some other device like that is because it allows for airflow by while stopping movement. Putting people in little plastic like tents. I'm wondering, is there any airflow in there? I'm just checking. I'm just asking questions. You would think the media would be like, why are we using plastic tents? Like, wouldn't you want airflow? There is, last time I checked, a pandemic going on, and I heard a rumor it was a respiratory virus. Maybe it's not a good idea to put them in little plastic tents. I, 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 I'm just asking, I'm just asking, plastic tents, airflow, respiratory viruses, probably not a good idea. But it's fascinating how this Biden flag, who, excuse me, is a senior advisor, apparently, at least Senator Cruz says, uh, says so on the video there. 
She's demanding Senator Cruz treat them with dignity and respect as they're head to toe in foil emergency blankets in plastic tents during a pandemic. And then she has the nerve, the nerve to say, uh, this is not a zoo. It's not a zoo. Maybe you shouldn't treat them like animals. Just saying. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to throw that one out there for you guys. Media folks, I thought you'd be all over this. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course I didn't. People are Democrat activists. You're not really folks in the media. But again, going back to our point here, you see the fake chaos of the Trump years. Phony narratives, kids in cages used to instill terror and do maximum political damage to Trump. And yet when you have the real chaos of the Biden years, a pandemic, people sealed in plastic containers, wrapped in foil blankets, head to toe, stacked on top of each other, all of a sudden it's played down. And the Pravda-like Joe Biden administration that wants to block an entire branch of government from viewing uh, what's going on and recording it for the people to see, when they block it, this is celebrated as some kind of act of, of dignity and respect. Give me a break. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. And uh, also, um, let me tell you what's coming up. I've got BS rhetoric versus reality. This is going to be an important segment about what the Biden administration said and is now going to do with regards to your wallet. I got some a quick hit on this coronavirus stuff and important. Gee, don't let me finish the show today without addressing the Politico story. A lot of you have emailed me and asked me about the Politico story, about the Secret Service and Hunter Biden. I've said a thousand times and I will say it again. No matter what the penalty, I will lose millions of views on my show. I do not want to be wrong. It is not important for me to be first. It's important for me to be right. I did a lot of homework over the weekend on this story. I let it brew a little bit. I have an update for that. And it's from pretty much unimpeachable sources. And it may surprise some of you. So stay tuned for that at the end. We cannot, now that I teased that, don't let me forget it. And one quick thank you. Thank you for everyone who watched me filling in on Hannity Friday night. I was really dying during the episode. Seriously, I had gotten my second hit of the Pfizer vaccine on Thursday, and uh, I was dying during the show. Took me quite a few espressos. Guy said he didn't notice. And thank you for all the feedback on the Christy Noem interview. I'd say 60-40. 60% with me, 40% not. Positive feedback, negative feedback. I always appreciate it. I thought she did a good job handling herself. We gave her the opportunity. We'll be doing more of that. All right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at All Form. You've been listening to my show for a while. You must have heard me talk about Helix's mattresses, the best in the business. Helix has gone beyond the bedroom now and started making sofas, also the best in the business. They launched a new company called All Form, and they're making premium, customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. So what makes an All Form sofa really good? For starters, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Pick your fabric, spill, stain, and scratch-resistant fabric. Pick the sofa color, the color of the legs, the sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. We've got one in my daughter's room. Loves it. You've got armchairs, love seats, all the way up to an eight-seat sectional. So there's something for everyone. You can always start small and buy more seats later if you want to add on or grow and change. All form sofas are delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. They have simple, quick assembly, no tools needed. I have an all form sofa. We picked it out for my daughter, Isabel. Uh, Paula put it together. It was done in, I'm not kidding, maybe 15, 20 minutes. I helped a little bit, a uh, little bit. Oh, <laughs> long story, but she didn't need it. 
All form offers 100 days to decide if you want to keep your sofa. She's tough. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever, to find your perfect sofa. Check out All Form, A-L-L-F-O-R-M, allform.com slash Dan. Get that URL right, allform.com slash Dan. And All Form is offering 20%, that's two zero, 20% of all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash Dan. Go today. Okay, I got to remember all my thank yous and stuff. I have a lot of personal notes. So I'm going to sprinkle in the show today. Sorry, but there's a lot going on. It's some interesting stuff I got this weekend too. So let's talk again. Foils, contrast. That's what matters in politics. I can't tell you enough. Two golden rules I learned in politics when I was running for office myself. We almost pulled off a huge upset in Maryland in a heavy Democrat district. Always create a contrast with your opponent. Take every opportunity to say, here's what they did. Here's what I'm going to do. Also. Always ask a question. Assertions are great. Stating facts is a great thing. But people can avoid facts, and they typically do. They usually have a predetermined view of the world. You tell them Biden's going to hike taxes. They say, no, he's not, even though the evidence is everywhere. But they can't avoid a question. Use questions as often as you can. But contrast is rule number one. You all right over there? Doing good? Okay, good. Just checking that out. Sorry. I thought he look at he's moving around a little bit. I'm getting a little worried about him over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. This is the BS uh, rhetoric versus reality contrast section. I, I don't get it. What is the Biden administration trying to do with their tax hikes? I don't. I don't understand, uh, folks. I'm just asking you for a moment. Seriously, listen. I know I'm a really hyper partisan guy. I get that. But if you're a lib listening to my show or a moderate Democrat or even kind of a big government Republican, I'm asking you a serious question and I'm at, notice how I slipped in rule number two. Serious question for you. Everything's planned. What's the point of a tax hike if you just spent all of your political capital in the Biden administration pumping through a nearly $2 trillion stimulus to put money into the economy? I'm asking you a very simple question. What's your priority? To insert money into the economy or to take it out? Can you, can you take a... Guy, is that a fair question? Joe. Guy says absolutely. Joe, as the yep. audience ombudsman. Yep. It's is legal. It, I mean, it's a serious question, right? Right. What, what's your priority? Is it you think taking money out of the economy through tax hikes is a good idea? And will lead to prosperity, or you believe injecting money into the economy through a stimulus is a good idea? Because both of those ideas can't be true. Now I get it. I get. I know libs. I've been debating libs my whole life. As I said, owning the libs—it's a lifestyle, right? I get it. Libs will always try to like thread the needle, and they'll say something like, "Well, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to." insert money into the economy and give it to poor people in the middle class, but take more money away from the rich people we just gave money back to through the stimulus. That's what we're trying to do. Okay, that'll be your answer. I know it. That doesn't make any sense. You either want money in the economy or out of it, but I get it. I'll play your game for a minute. So that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to give money to the poor, like Robin Hood kind of thing. You know, the, what is it? The Nottingham guy, the sheriff of Nottingham, they're trying to take money. I'm, I'm, I'm always terrible with pop culture. Sometimes I get them right, though. So we're trying to take from the rich to give to the poor. Okay. Um, I guess liberals, that makes sense. Matter of fact, here's Kamala Harris. Um, 
vice president uh, of the United States. I say that because uh, who knows who's really running this administration now. But here's Kamala Harris when she was running for office with Joe Biden, debating that at the time, current president, vice president, excuse me, Mike Pence, and insisting that, yes, the Biden administration policy is not to tax anyone making less than 400000 kind of reaffirming my sheriff of Nottingham, Robin Hood, type theory that the liberals are trying to pump down our throats, which I'll debunk in a second. Check this out. Senator Harris. Well, I mean, I thought we saw enough of it in last week's debate, but I think this is supposed to be a debate based on fact and truth. And the truth and the fact is Joe Biden has been very clear. He will not raise taxes on anybody who makes less than $400,000 a year. Repeal the Trump tax cuts. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Speaking. She's uh, speaking. So everybody should, uh, pipe down. Meanwhile, everybody interrupts everybody in a debate, but you get it. So uh, yeah, Kamala Harris has insisted no one under $400,000. Do you get that, folks? No one. Nobody. My St. Michael medal. Got to readjust that. Someone must have moved it. We got Jesus up here, too. Oh, Jesus. I didn't use his name in vain. Jesus actually fell apart there. Got to fix. Someone sent me this. Really nice. I like that. Got to fix him there, too. It's actual Jesus. I'm not using the name uh, name of Easter coming up on Sunday. Big holiday. Um, so Joe, you heard it, Key. You heard it, correct? Yeah. Nobody, folks. No one under four hundred thousand dollars is going to see more wa- money coming out of their wallets because the whole Biden administration policy is, you know, steal from the rich, give to the poor. That's good for economic growth. They have no evidence that actually works, but that's what they'll say. Okay, that's really odd because I saw this interview with Biden's transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Boot edge edge. Here's Pete Buttigieg on, I think with CNBC or whatever, but uh, talking about a tax that I'm reasonably confident is going to hit people who make $400,000 or less, blowing up the Robin Hood Sheriff of Nottingham theory right in the face. But again, liberals, facts, I know it's really not your thing, but if you can explain to me how this isn't a tax on people who don't make $400,000 a year, I'm open to all your explanation. You're welcome on the show to debate me. Check out Mayor Pete Boot edge edge. What about a mileage based tax? So I think that shows a lot of promise. If, if we believe in that so-called user pays principle, the idea that part of how we pay for roads is you pay based on how much you drive. Uh, the gas tax used to be the obvious way to do it. It's not anymore. So a so-called vehicle miles traveled tax or mileage tax, whatever you want to call it, could be a way to do it. <laughs> Joe, are you a, are you oh. a one percenter? You making millions? No, 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 no. I don't know Joe's income. I've known Joe a long time. No. Gee, what about you? You racking up the millions? Gee drives a, a nice car, but he's not pulling up in a Lamborghini, Diablo or whatever. I don't know Lamborghini. You said, well, um, I'm pretty sure Joe's not driving a Testarossa, yeah. whatever it may be. I may be dating myself with these car models. He doesn't have a Dodge Viper either. Last time I checked. Um, you drive a lot, right? You you drive like a car? Yeah. Getting a head nod from Gee. I see that. Joe drives too. So we both- Love to. They are not millionaires. Yeah, yeah, I know he loves to trade motorcycles and everything. Joe likes his Elvis uh, hair in the wind and all. So we get that. So that's really weird. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden promised us that they were going full Robin Hood and that taking money out of the economy will only happen to rich people. Yet it's bizarre because rich people who are buying very expensive cars like Teslas, right? Electric cars are expensive. You have to pay a bit of a premium to get them. What's happening is because those cars don't use gas, The government insists that it needs to take money out of the economy. So because they felt rich people were getting over, what they're deciding to do now is tax miles traveled instead rather than gas because electric cars don't use gas. But you know what's even odder about that is a miles traveled thing, a tax on that, as Pete Boot Edge Edge just said. 
would really grotesquely impact and would be a regressive tax on the middle class and the poor rather than the rich. Why is that? Because we have this complication called arithmetic and math, where if you make millions of dollars and they're taxing you on miles driven, number one, you're probably not driving a lot of miles because you probably have a driver, a lot of these rich people anyway. So you're not even paying it. Maybe it's factored into your bills from them or you're paying a small portion of it. But secondly, it's those folks in the poor and middle class who are driving at whatever, DoorDash, Uber Eats, delivery dudes, doing Uber or Lyft or whatever they may be doing. They're the ones who are now going to get slammed. They bought a fuel efficient car thinking they would save some money on gas taxes and elsewhere. And now you're finding out no such luck. You think you're not going to pay that miles-driven tax? You can't afford a house in Manhattan, a townhome, like most middle-class people can't? Gosh, it's really hot in here. I'm going to have to turn it. Isn't it hot in here, Guy? Are you hot? You're okay? I'm going to turn this down a little bit here. You can't afford a condo or a townhouse in Manhattan, so you have to live out in Selden, New York, where uh, my father had a house? Turn it. All right, 72. Nice. Yeah, man, I'm dying. Well... Wait till you commute 120 miles into Manhattan from your job and you're getting slammed with a $1,000 tax bill, everybody. <laughs> How do you like them potatoes? Here's the reality of what's coming. Great piece in the Washington Examiner, available in my newsletter. I encourage you to read. Again, bongito.com slash newsletter. Biden's tax hikes are coming for the middle class. What do you mean? The Robin Hood approach they're telling you about is fake? Of course it's fake. It comes from Biden and Kamala Harris. It's all a lie. Again, contrast, BS rhetoric versus actual reality. Here's a screenshot number one, a screenshot number one from this Washington Examiner piece about how you're about to get slammed. Then there are the tax hikes Biden hasn't even admitted yet, but are implied by his spending plans. There simply isn't enough wealth among the wealthy to finance their plans. And we know this from looking at the countries that already do what Biden and the Democrats want to do. So folks, in a nutshell, these grotesque spending plans that are coming down the pipeline. Already, we already had the stimulus. They have to be financed by something. Wait till a VAT comes your way. What's a VAT? Well, this is how Europe finances their ridiculous budgets, the EU nations. They have a VAT, a value-added tax. It's a sneaky sales tax. Oh, this is coming. The tax gets hidden in higher prices for everything. Higher prices for consumer goods disproportionately harms the middle class and the working class. Why would you raise tax revenue that way? Let me tell you why they want a VAT, a value-added tax, the Biden administration, and why you'll start hearing rumors about this soon and how it'll hurt you. It is a tax built in every level of production. You produce socks, you buy yarn for the socks, whatever you bought for the yarn, your inputs, and whatever you charge for the, for the, uh, for the socks, the difference between those inputs and what you charge, what value-added you add, you pay a tax on that. Well, how does that work for the end consumer? Ladies and gentlemen, that value-added tax is built at every level of production. Even the guy who sold you the yarn, who took the farm products and made it, he pays the difference there too. He pays a huge tax and they all build it into the end price. So it's hidden. So who pays for it? People who spend a lot on consumer goods. Who? The middle class and the working class. So you can take your Robin Hood, Sheriff Nottingham theory and right up the wazoo because you are going to pay. Again, 
campaign rhetoric versus hard reality. Paying to drive your car, paying to buy things every day with grotesque VAT taxes. <laughs> you asked for it. You believed Biden. I'm sorry, you're a sucker if you thought your taxes weren't going up. All right, let me get to my third sponsor today. And I want to get to uh, coronavirus truth versus coronavirus hysteria. Dr. Fauci strikes again. And then that secret service story, we can't miss that. All right, our final sponsor today, our friends at Omaha Steaks. This is the last week to get the butcher's bestsellers package from Omaha Steaks. Do not miss this. Their food at Omaha is a staple of the Bongino household. It's hard to eat anything else other than Omaha once you've tried Omaha. Mouth-watering, delicious food. Order now, though. You get four free chicken breasts and four free burgers. This is it. Starting next week, Omaha Steaks is rolling out a new offer that'll be just in time to kick off your spring grilling season. You ever wonder what makes Omaha Steaks so absolutely delicious? Here's the secret. It's the aging process. Omaha Steaks ages their steaks at least 21 days. That's the sweet spots where the magic happens. Tender, juicy steaks, mouth-watering. Try them in the Butcher's Best Sellers Grill Pack. Don't wait. It includes four of their iconic and fork-tender Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons. Mmm! I put their seasoning on them. Delicious. Four ultra-juicy burgers, four savory pork chops. Mmm! Mouth-watering. And so much more. Go to omahasteaks.com. Look for that search bar and enter Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O in the search bar for a special price on the Butcher's Best Sellers Package. Plus, you'll get four more chicken breasts and four more of those peerless, delicious, mouth-watering burgers for free. Omaha Steaks has been the leader of gourmet steaks since 1917. No one, and I mean no one, comes close to matching the flavor, tenderness, and value of Omaha Steaks. Don't overspend. This is the last week the Butcher's Best Sellers uh, pa Pack is going to be available. Order now. Go to omahasteaks.com, type keyword Bongino in the search bar and order the Butcher's Best Seller Pack today. Don't forget, four free chicken breasts and four burgers. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword Bongino. Enter it in the search bar. All right, back to the show. So, coronavirus truth now versus coronavirus hysteria. It's up to me to make a foil, make a contrast too, to show you the difference between what's really happening and the hysteria you're seeing every day. First, let's talk about this segment by Dr. Redfield. Dr. Redfield, the former director of the CDC, dropped kind of a bombshell. I mean, this guy wasn't like a low-level government bureaucrat. He was the head of the CDC in the Trump administration. Probably knows a little bit about what's going on, no? Here's Dr. Redfield on a CNN interview, and he drops a little bombshell saying the quiet part about loud about where he thinks the coronavirus from Wuhan came from. Check this out. I still think the most likely uh, etiology of this pathogen in Wuhan was a, from a laboratory, um, you know, escaped. Uh, the other people don't believe that. That's fine. Science will eventually figure it out. It's not unusual for respiratory pathogens that are being worked on in a laboratory to infect a laboratory worker. I thought we weren't allowed to say that. I heard a rumor that was a conspiracy theory. I thought we weren't allowed to say that. Now, this guy was the former head of the CDC, so I would love to see media lunatics who know nothing about immunology, virology, medicine, or anything else. I'd love to see them say, no, no, I definitely know more than Dr. Redfield. And this is just crazy talk, is it? That the coronavirus from uh, the Wuhan area of China may have leaked out of a lab? How crazy is it? You know, I was on Hannity on Friday, guest hosting, as I told you before, with a massive headache, but thank you, I got through it. I actually enjoyed it while I was doing My headache went away like two minutes in. I don't know if you noticed if you were watching. Like the first two minutes, I was talking kind of slow. And then boom, espresso hit, 
bang, I was ready. It was like that Thanos character adding the fifth or sixth, whatever, Infinity Stone. I was ready to rock and roll with the snap. And I had Gordon Chang on, who is an expert on China policy. Brilliant, brilliant man. And Gordon Chang brought up an interesting point about the Chinese lab theory. I had known what he was, um, was going to say because I've interviewed him before. I had an idea. You know, they were doing some research in that Chinese lab in Wuhan on respiratory viruses. And you know what other kind of research they do over there? Get ready, media people. Heads are going to explode. I know you're going to call it a conspiracy theory, but that's all right. We'll make funny in a few months when we see this stuff come out in the news because they won't be able to hide it. They were doing what's called gain of function testing on respiratory viruses. What's, what, what's that? Always ask a question. What's that? That's when you tinker with viruses using virologists and scientists to gain function, make them more infectious, make them more deadly. Wow, that's really odd. They were doing that research in that Wuhan lab really close to where the outbreak of the coronavirus from the Wuhan area of China came from. <laughs> I'm sure it's all one big coinky dink. Please go into a search engine and check that out. Gain of function testing. Why would people do that? Well, there's a legitimate reason sometimes. Sometimes labs do that kind of research to test the virus to see if the virus were to naturally mutate and become more infectious, how they would handle it. It's not all nefarious, but sometimes gain-of-function tests and gain-of-function testing and experiments can have another more nefarious, pernicious reason. What do you think that would be? Hmm. Joe's curious too, apparently. Um, Maybe bioweapons testing? I'm sure it's all a conspiracy theory. Now, do we know that in this case? We don't. Am I making a conclusion? I'm not. I'm stating to you facts that that is why some governments without our best interests in mind have engaged in gain-of-function testing on viruses to tinker for bioweapons. There are legitimate reasons too. We'll have to see in the future. We wait for facts on the show, unlike the media. But that does happen. So some coronavirus truth finally coming out. But we still have coronavirus hysteria every single day. Why is Fauci? I don't understand why Fauci's still a credible figure in all this, Dr. Fauci. I really don't. Um, again, I, I, I stayed away from criticizing him for a long time because I didn't know and we didn't have the details on our knots and the lethality of the virus and everything. But now we're getting to the point now with Dr. Fauci where the contradictions are just hard to ignore anymore. Here's Dr. Fauci in another media appearance where every time he opens his mouth, I think he says something even more ridiculous, who's now is somehow suggesting that the kids who it's now shown through science, facts, and data are at extremely low risk from the virus. They don't have that ACE receptor in the degrees adults do. When they do get it, the cases are mild. And it is very rare for kids to be hospitalized. Here's Dr. Fauci with some more medical, quote, air quotes, advice this weekend in another media appearance. Check this out. If parents are vaccinated, they still do need to be concerned about their unvaccinated children playing together in groups. Is that right? 
Yeah, the children can clearly wind up getting infected. When we talk about what you can do when you're vaccinated, you can certainly have members of a family if the adults are vaccinated and you're in the home with your child. You don't need to wear a mask and you can have physical contact. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks when they're interacting with groups from multiple households. Um, you know what? I'm just going to leave that there because I'm going to say something I'll regret later. I'm really tired of this. By the way, have you seen the environmental disaster from these masks? Just put discarded masks environment again in any search engine. I know, again, liberals and Democrats, listen, you have a tough time with all this stuff. But if you think this is consequence free, recommending masks in extremely low risk scenarios all the time, you're like, well, what's the downside? Just check that out in a search engine. Finally, what happened to the Texas story? Texas, you know, was a huge deal. Remember the contrasts I always talk about? The media a few weeks ago said, you have states that are doing it right, like New York, which is leading the nation in deaths, deaths per capita, everything. They're doing it right. The media, which loves Democrats who run the state of New York. But when Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, finally decided to open the state and drop the mask mandate, everybody warned of the apocalypse. They said, it's coming. It is coming. No doubt. No diggity, no doubt. Mm -mm. Some of you got that. Just a news article. Well, we're two weeks after the reopening. The apocalypse, Joe, did you hear it happened this weekend? Did you hear that? Did you miss Did you miss that, Joe? Joe, Joe missed it too. Really odd. So did Gee. Gee heard nothing about it. Why? Because there was no apocalypse. Just a news article you'll see in my newsletter today. Two weeks after the reopening and the dropping of the mask mandate, Texas COVID cases continue to go... Does that say down? Yes, it does. Experts had warned that relaxing such measures might result in an explosion of of cases. Experts. Is that like a Fauci expert? Yeah, I I, I, I just, again, this is really odd how all this continues to happen. How the experts keep telling us, Texas, it's going to be a book of Eli like apocalypse there. Denzel Washington's going to show up. The blind guy. I'm sorry if I don't mean to ruin the movie. If you haven't seen it, it's like 10 years old. But he's blind. He's blind. But that's the hook in the movie. Sorry. Um, but that's the thing. Like, it's an apocalyptic kind of scenario. Really, really odd how that never happened. There was no book of Eli. Denzel never made it out there. It's really strange how cases down, down, the opposite of up. COVID cases down after reopening in the mask, uh, mask mandate. All right, again, I told you I had some personal notes. I want to get to the corporate war on America in a minute and then the political story. We're actually doing good time here. Don't you think, Guy? We may make it through the whole show, which is stunning because Guy is putting together. Joe, you're going to be involved in this too, so don't you know passes for you either on this one. Oh Guy is putting together a Land of Misfit Toys show. Every single story, we're doing a folder now of stuff I thought I would get to and never did. And maybe we'll do it on Halloween and we'll call it like the scary story show and why we never got to these stories. So today we may not have any. There'll be no new additions today if I keep motoring. But on a personal note, um, I got an interesting letter this weekend. Here it is, quick. I'll show you some of it. Um, From a, a, a man in prison. I get a lot of these. And uh, I just want to say to all you people out there serving time who have found penance and redemption, I, I, you know, I'm with you. I'll always be with you. 
I know a lot of people have done a lot of stupid things in their life. Believe me, I'm one of them. I've done a lot of dumb things myself. Sometimes as a kid, I'm amazed I stayed out of jail. I'm not even joking around. I know that's kind of a crazy thing to say, but. You know, I think sometimes some, some Republicans in the movement, I wouldn't say a lot of conservatives, a lot of conservatives who believe in big R, God-given rights, understand the power of redemption. You know, we are law and order people, and I always will be. Without law and order, you have nothing. You do the crime, you should absolutely do the time. But to the people in prison, I get a lot of letters from you, the men and women who send them and send me emails. You screwed up. I screwed up too. But the fact that you found redemption, I'm with you. We shouldn't judge them by their worst moments in their entire lives. And I, I get a little choked up because the email is very touching. It's from a guy in prison in South Carolina. And um, he sent me a really incredible handwritten letter and uh, talking about how, you know, he's doing his best in prison. He's a felon serving 15 years. He acknowledges his mistake and he says in his letter that he's doing his best to teach some of the other prisoners in there about the essence of conservatism and big R God-given rights and found some meaning in my show. That's very touching to all of the addicts out there and prisoners, alcoholics, people with dependency problems. I'm there for you. I'm there for you. I've had a lot of struggles in my own life and with family members myself, and I'm not ready to give up on you. And with Easter coming, I'm, I'm a Christian. I know many of you aren't, uh, but that's okay. Um, I, but I am a Christian and one of the lessons Jesus Christ taught us in his last moments, he was crucified with two thieves. And the Gospel of Luke has a story of the, the penitent thief known as Dismas in some places. And Dismas looks at Christ after the other thieves poking fun at Jesus, telling him, oh, you can, you're God, you can get yourself off the cross. But the penitent thief says, you know, uh, remember me. Remember me when you get to heaven. And Jesus says to him, today, you will be with me in paradise, forgiving him. Forgiveness is right around the corner, and I'm there for you, and I appreciate your letters, and I don't judge you by your worst day. Just acknowledge your guilt, confess, ask for true redemption, and you'll always have people like me in your corner. So I'm with you guys and ladies out there. Okay, touching stuff. All right, um, so getting back to some more, unfortunately, troubling content. Folks, the corporate war on America continues. Um, this is really sad. This is the kind of stuff 30, 40 years ago that was unheard of. Um, to, to ask Coca-Cola, Delta, the PGA, Major League Baseball, um, Home Depot, and other companies you know, 30 or 40 years ago to get involved in a political debate in the state of Georgia would have been absurd. You would have laughed it off like, well, why would, who cares about what Coca-Cola thinks? Well, ladies and gentlemen, liberals have found power now. They have. They have found power in corporate pressure campaigns. What's going on here? Georgia just passed and Governor Kemp signed a voter integrity law. And that's what it is. Don't, left the, don't let the left frame it any other way. With strength, strengthens voter identification, make sure that uh, ballot drop boxes are secure, common sense stuff. Liberals, of course, want to paint it to be something different because that's what liberals do. They just make stuff up as I've showed you the whole show. Um, and the people of Georgia are largely with them. Here's Dan McLaughlin on uh, his social media account saying, hey, look at this. Strengthening voter ID is very popular in Georgia. 74% amongst all voters and 63% amongst black voters. So what's the controversy? Why would liberal lunatics be pressuring corporate America 
to boycott Georgia over a law that most minority voters support and an overwhelming majority of Georgians support. And why would some of these organizations be so willing to fold? It's because they're suckers and they're stupid. And I've told you many times that these companies that fold, and it isn't all of them that I just mentioned, they do this because these corporate boards are dominated by liberal lunatics who listen to four or five Twitter kids in their mommy's basements, roasting marshmallows, um, uh, you know, playing the circle game with each other. They all have blue check marks and they tweet to each other. And the corporate boards are like, oh my gosh, we got to speak out against, you know, voter integrity in Georgia because the, the circle joke, we'll say, brigade told us to. Well, this pressuring of corporate America, where did liberals get the idea from? Oh, look at this. Wall Street Journal piece this weekend. Beijing, that's in China for the liberals listening. Beijing targets American businesses. The U.S. and Chinese Communist Party are strategic and ideological competitors. CEOs have to decide which side they want to help win. Matt Pottinger, Wall Street Journal. Yes. Amen, Matt. Let's change out, uh, let's change out Beijing, though, for liberals. Because that's where liberals got the idea for this tactic. <laughs> Dan, we don't have to change that out. That doesn't happen. Really? Let's go to NBC News and just swap out the headline. This is an actual headline. Calls for economic boycotts grow after Georgia adopts voter restrictions. Latasha Brown from Black Lives Matter, you know, the racist terror group of Marxists. She says, I think all things should be considered on the table. All things? What do you mean? What do you mean all things there? Interesting how the Chinese communists have figured out that boycotting American businesses works very well to get them to do communist-y kind of things. And then you get Marxist communists like BLM. Remember BLM? Remember that video, Joe, we played like a hundred times of the BLM activists saying, yeah, we're trained Marxists. It's really weird how BLM has figured out they could do the same thing. You don't like legislation. You don't like voter ID, even though the people of Georgia seem to love it. Just start trashing other companies and threatening boycotts, just like the Chinese communists do. Maybe you'll get what you want. Now, if Major League Baseball, whose Players Association is threatening to pull the All-Star game out of Atlanta as a result, um, if this continues, I can't recommend in strong enough terms that you sadly emulate the same strategy to teach them that this strategy is a disaster and never spend another dollar on a Major League Baseball product again. That's just my advice. It's funny how I wrote on page two, like one little line. I could have just slid it in on page one. Why did I do that? All right, let me get to this Hunter Biden story in a minute. But one last, I'm sorry, interdispersing these, all these personal notes, but there are a lot of nice things that happened over the weekend. I want to thank a Mr. and Mrs. J.E. Thomas Jr. I'm not going to say where you're from because, uh, you know, liberals, they'll go and maybe burn your house down or whatever. You know how they are. But I got a letter from Sloan Kettering the cancer center, Sloan Kettering, uh, Dr. Singh at Sloan Kettering is a surgeon, cut the tumor out of my neck. He was an amazing doctor. And I want to thank Sloan Kettering for the great care I got when I was up there for my cancer. Someone made a very generous donation, apparently, to Sloan Kettering in my name, uh, Mr. and Mrs. J.E. Thomas Jr. So uh, thank you for doing that. And uh, thank you for looking out for cancer patients. Mr. and Mrs. Thomas, I want to be sure. I did get, they sent the video, the uh, the uh, the letter Sloan Kettering to Fox, who then sent it on to me. So I guess they didn't have the address. But uh, 
Thank you for doing that. Really, really nice. I get a lot of that stuff. I don't get to mention every single thing, but I'm trying. Okay. The story many of you have been waiting for, and I mean, it's kind of tease it to the end of the show, but I want to be able to talk about it without any time constraints because um, it's important. So the story broke last week in Politico. Tara Palmieri and Ben Schreckinger, forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong, it's not intentional, Politico. And I'll have this in the show notes in my the newsletter. Uh, again, bongino.com slash newsletter. Sources. The Secret Service inserted itself into the case of Hunter Biden's gun. The bizarre incident involved a trash can, a man searching for recyclables, and eventually federal law enforcement. I got a ton of emails this weekend. Dan, why are you not talking about the Secret Service Hunter Biden story? Totally get it. Because folks, again, it's not important for me to be first. It's important for me to be right. So I did a lot of homework. A lot of homework. Got a lot of different perspectives. Heard a lot of things. And I'm going to tell you what Politico is reporting and what I'm reasonably confident really happened. So Politico in their story, and you can read it again in the newsletter today, is that Hunter Biden had a fight with his brother's widow, who he was having a romantic relationship at the time. I know. Don't even try to figure that out. That's a topic for a whole other show. And his brother's deceased brother's uh, wife, who he, again, was involved with, after this dispute, apparently took a firearm Hunter had and discarded it near a supermarket uh, a, a trash can in Delaware. Some sources then told Politico that the weapon which was purchased pursuant to the filling out of a 4473, anytime you go to a federal firearms deal, you have to fill out a 4473. We have to answer questions. Are you on drugs? Have you been dishonorably discharged? You've, if you own a gun, you've seen it. Okay, I filled it out probably 50 times. Maybe less, but somewhere close. 4473, what's fascinating is it's been reported by Hunter Biden himself that there was some narcotics drug use. So everybody's kind of wondering how he answered that question. Apparently to get it, he had to fill out that he wasn't on drugs. Now, was it at the time? I don't know. He's going to have to explain that someday. But reportedly that 4473, Politico is saying, you following me? If this doesn't make sense, Joe, stop me. Yeah, yeah. According to Politico, Secret Service agents went to the gun shop where Hunter Biden purchased the farm and filled out that form. And again, according to Politico, they tried to get access to the form and were denied by the FFL, the federal firearms dealer who uh, sold Hunter the firearm. Listen, I have been more than happy, given my prior history as a Secret Service agent, when stuff gets screwed up over there, to report on it. I wrote a whole book on it called Protecting the President, where I, and I did it, I believe me, folks, I didn't do it for the dough, okay? A book of all the books I've ever written, that one made almost nothing for me, okay? The point of the book was I love the Secret Service and I love my time there, and I really wanted to fix it. But the book was not particularly kind to some of their procedures. When things go wrong, I report on it. When the guy jumped the fence at the White House, it was a major screw-up. There's no defending that. It was the first person out there on the news saying, hey, we messed up. Time to fix it. I'm hearing from extremely reliable sources. I wouldn't pass them on and ruin my reputation otherwise. And if, if, if these sources are lying, I'll have to apologize to you later, and it's okay. But I did a lot of homework on this. I'm hearing from extremely reliable sources who are pretty unimpeachable on the matter. 
that this never happened. Yeah, oh, Hunter Biden did buy a firearm and it was thrown away in a garbage can. But the Secret Service and the sources I have are insisting to me on everything they that matters to them and on all their integrity and honor that they did not go in there and try to get that 4473. I trust the people because it's multiple people telling me it's not just one. And they've never steered me wrong. If it turns out later that did happen and it, this story's proven true, I will absolutely correct it on the air. But I would be remiss in doing you a huge disservice if I did not tell you that folks, the people who are telling me this never happened are extremely credible and have never let me down. And by the way, I've never apologized when they screwed something up. Ever. When I've asked them, hey, is this what happened here? They were like, all right, this was a mess. They're telling me this never happened. That the Secret Service had, and the Secret Service has put out a formal statement saying it never happened. I get a lot of you don't believe that. Um, and that's fine. And if I find out otherwise, again, I'll tell you, but my guys are telling me that there is no way that this story happened that way. That they did not go in there and do that. That they had no involvement with this at all. We'll see. But I trust them. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. As I've said often, I appreciate your support. Our radio show, terrestrial radio show, goes live May 24th. If you want the show on your station, 12 noon to 3P, you have to call your local radio station or email them. That's the only way. It means a lot to me if you want it. I've been getting tons of emails. One about a Texas, uh, East Texas radio station guy sent me an email, said, we called the station. We want the damn budget. Thank you. Means a lot. But that's the only way. You want to hear it? You got to ask. It's, you know, those stations cater to their audience. So we appreciate, right, Joe? Joe, that made Joe. Now, this is, you're invaluable here. Joe worked at a radio station for like 30 years. They listen to public input, don't they? Yep. (laughs) Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for that. Very deep, very deep. No, he knows he was there forever. They do. You got to call. I really appreciate that. Thank you to everyone who emailed me saying we contacted this station, that station. I appreciate it. All right, folks, I appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot. Please subscribe to my show too on video, rumble.com slash Bongino. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.